One-on-one -on -one Rewind, Story of Afghanistan. You're listening to me, Anusha, and here on today, I'm going to break down some important events relating to a long-standing conflict that has engulfed Afghanistan for numerous years. Before I start, you must remove some contrary beliefs about the country itself, and the first one is its border dispute. Despite the fact that some of its borders were demarked by vicious fighting and some continuous issues, but we must be very clear that Afghanistan is a geographically well-defined country. And the second one is the existence of multi-ethnic groups in the country itself. But looking at this, one might think that the conflict Afghanistan is facing right now is essentially an inter-ethnic tension, but no. Strikingly, there has never been a separatist movement on the grounds of ethnicity. Now, since these two things have been cleared off, we must go in time and understand what actually is happening in Afghanistan now. The recent exodus, civilians and deaths of numerous in Kabul. But if you have to, pause, take deep breaths, take notes, empathize, whatever is necessary to understand what the people of Afghanistan have been going through throughout a very long period of crisis. Although Afghanistan's history is full of wars and other violent conflicts, three decades of foreign occupation, civil war, and insurgency, I start the wheel of my timeline. It moves in reverse and stops in 1978. That's when things started getting bad. Prior to 1978 in preceding general years, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s saw a gradual modernization, but the country remained poor, with extremely low social indicators. One of the good things in the years preceding the year 1978 was the period of calm, period of peacefulness despite poverty under the monarchy rule. But soon after the coup, the country saw increased period of instability, which resulted into formation of a republic nation, which then turned into a bloody communist coup and a takeover. So what actually happens in 1978-79 is the turning point in the long-standing events that are to unfold in the coming years in Afghanistan. In 1979, there was an occupation of the Soviet Union and the establishment of a Soviet government in Afghanistan. In retaliation of the Soviet government rose a group of guerrilla fighters known as Mujahideen or holy warriors against the Soviet forces. This war alone killed 1 million Afghan civilians and more than 15,000 Soviet soldiers. And we must also understand that this was the period of Cold War between the Soviet and the United States. The United States had always backed up the Mujahideen, supplying them with anti-aircrafts and weaponries to shoot down the Soviets. It was in 1998 when the Geneva Peace Accords was signed, which compelled the Soviet to retract their forces from Afghanistan. What seemed like a very happy ending at the moment didn't last very long, because of an emergence of a new group from within Mujahideen that had ties and financial backing with Pakistan. This group was called the Taliban. The Talibans were ultra-conservative Afghan student warriors who had been educated in traditional Islamic schools and who had fought during the Afghan-Soviet war. What they really wanted was to bring a greater order and a greater security in the country. Toppling down the existing government, the Taliban take over Kabul in 1996, and within their occupied territories, they impose strict laws, conservative ones, forbidding most women from working, banning girls from education, and carrying out punishments, including beatings, amputation, and public executions. 
Of the three main players in our story are the US, Taliban, and Al-Qaeda, and one of the notorious characters in our story is Osama bin Laden, who during the time had come to Afghanistan and was under the protection of the Talibans. One of the turning points in the history occurred when Al-Qaeda, led by Osama bin Laden, residing in Afghanistan, carried out the largest terror attack ever conducted on the US soil. Four commercial airlines were hijacked, two were flown into the World Trade Center in New York, which collapsed. One hit the Pentagon building in Washington, and one crashed into the fields of Pennsylvania. This resulted in the death of nearly 3,000 people. As a countermeasure, U.S. President George W. Bush insinuates war on terrorism, which is a multi-dimensional campaign that has over the years ravaged wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, and conducted covert operation in Yemen to limit terrorism. The ties of the attack were traced to Osama bin Laden and when asked to the Taliban's to hand him over to the US, they refused. And as a result, the US-led coalition launched Operation Enduring Freedom, targeting the Taliban and Al-Qaeda with military strikes. The Taliban were removed from the government the very same year, from November to December 2001. Up until 2005, there was a period of calm, a period of reconstruction, rehabilitation, and election going on in Afghanistan. But this was very short-lived. It was in 2006 when the Taliban re-emerged. The unfortunate events that unfolded was the statistics. The number of suicide attacks increased from 27 in 2005 to 139 in 2006, while remotely detonated bombs bombings increased more than double to 1,677. In 2009, President Barack Obama ordered a substantial troop increase in Afghanistan, and finally, the killing of Osama bin Laden was carried out in 2011. After this, the U.S. stated that it will withdraw its forces starting by the end of the very same year. But it didn't happen until 2016, when the forces are dialed down, but not completely removed. Despite numerous peace talks, heavy violence kept occurring by the hands of Taliban's against the U.S. security forces and common civilians of Afghanistan. At the same time, an Afghan ISIS branch also emerges. Through the year 2017 to 2020, President Donald Trump increased the number of U.S. troops because of ongoing violence by the hands of Taliban, contradicting to the decision made by President Obama. He instead deployed soldiers to ruler parts of Afghanistan, countering violent activities, increasing airstrikes, and cutting off security assistance to Afghanistan. And listening to this, this overall timeline seems like a never-ending history lesson. It is a very painful experience for the people of Afghanistan itself. There were more than 78,000 civilian deaths, 75,000 military and police deaths, and 87,000 opposition fighters' deaths. It is one of the most costliest wars of the world, with about $978 billion being spent as of 2020. What seems like a very long history of deployment and withdrawal of soldiers, attacks, peace talks and agreements being breached, what's far concerning is the stark reality of tremendous loss of human lives, families being separated and rights of many being violated. 
It was in April 2021 when President Biden released a plan for the full withdrawal of existing 3,500 U.S. troops from Afghanistan, irrespective of the goals achieved. But suddenly, surrounding the month of August, many regions started falling in the hands of Taliban, one after the other, without any violence, because simply because the security forces of the government sides of Afghanistan surrendered as they didn't want to fight the Taliban. Taliban took over the capital city Kabul as soon as the standing president of the government of Afghanistan, Ashraf Khani, flees the country to take refuge in United Arab Emirates. And because of this takeover, there was a surge of panic from all around the world to evacuate their citizens from Afghanistan. An influx of highly distressed Afghan citizens to leave the country started. It was what is called a recipe for disaster was unfolding, and U.S. was well aware of probable attacks. And amid this chaos, in 19th of August 2021, a suicide bombing occurred nearby Abbey Gate in the International Airport of Kabul that killed at least 175 Afghan nationals and 13 American servicemen, according to Al Jazeera. And the responsibility of this attack has been taken by ISIS-K. So if you have a resounding question that plays in your mind over and over again like it does in mine, the question about what happens now in Afghanistan, the answer is simply, I do not know. The answer is uncertainty. As the immediate concerns surface, the situation is chaotic. People are simply scared, fearful of their lives and for the lives of their family. They're desperately trying to get out of the country. Countries of the world are trying to get their citizens out. There is an increased fear of another probable attack and loss of innocent lives. The U.S. is initiating drone attacks to probable threats of another suicide bombing, but in the way killing innocent children and innocent citizens of Afghanistan in the ruler village. And looking at the long-term implications, the future of Afghanistan is also uncertain under the Taliban rule, especially those of women. The Taliban has said that they will respect the rights of women and minority groups as per Afghan norms and Islamic values. It makes us question to what extent and how much of those rights will be protected and simply exercised. There are fears over women's freedom to work, to dress as they choose, or even to leave home alone under the Taliban rule. And another major concern is Afghanistan can be a breeding ground, a base for future terrorism and terrorist activity, as Taliban can maintain its ties with Al-Qaeda, increasing internal instability, a mass exodus of refugee, and a growing humanitarian crisis. Notice them, notice Afghanistan. That's the story for you about Afghanistan here on One on One Rewind. My name is Anusha and you can go ahead and share this story. Educate yourself and as many people as you can. You can also share the story on your social media with the hashtag notice the war, the peace. Until next time, I wish more power to us and the world we live in. Peace.